2: Welcome back to The Visible Artist. My name is Sophie Loxton-Lucas, and this week I spoke to Tom Best, founder of The Auction Collective, about the many exciting opportunities for artists to sell their work directly from their studio via auction. Tom is a former Christie's auctioneer and contemporary art specialist, a self-professed huge auction nerd. Following a master's degree in art history from St Andrew's University, Tom spent six years at Christie's London as an auctioneer, and two years in humanitarian aid before combining these twin passions for art and social good in the Auction Collective. The organisation describes itself as the auction platform for artists, art organisations and charities. As Tom explains in our conversation, it is uniquely positioned to serve practising artists, particularly through its studio sale and 50 by 50 auctions. I know many artists who have sold work through the platform, so it was fascinating to hear more about the organisation's story, ethos and plans for the future from Tom himself. The Auction Collective is constantly evolving and adapting to be the best possible platform for artists. For any listeners interested in running their own studio sale auction, I've linked the contact details in the show notes and on our Instagram page. I really
1: hope you enjoy this conversation.
2: Hi Tom, thank you so much for
1: having me in your office. Thank you, I'm super excited about this.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited about it too. I've been looking forward to chatting to you for a while. I know quite a few of the artists that you work with at the Auction Collective. So it feels like quite an organic fit.
1: But you still sound surprised. (laughs) I'm really excited about this. Yeah, Yeah, no, I'm really excited. There's so many artists that, um, huge crossover artists. So any artists that are on your listener base that we know, it's wonderful to be chatting to you again.
2: (laughs) Great. Well, let's start with talking about the Auction Collective. Can you tell me more about it?
1: So, gosh, where to begin? We are an auction platform that helps people run auctions. And that's everything from in-person auctions to live streamed auctions, timed auctions, print auctions, where you list the entire edition of a print run and all are available to buy now, apart from the last that goes up to auction. There's a bit of a, um, a wild rush to buy it before it's an auction. And we work with artists, galleries, charities, brands with a focus on contemporary art we have been known to get a bit too over-enthusiastic for um, charity projects that aren't necessarily art-related, and so we've got off on a bit of a tangent, which the team will tell me off about. But the focus is on contemporary art.
2: And on your website, as I mentioned, you describe yourself as the auction platform for artists, arts organisations and charities. So, Artists First. Yes. Which, of course, the podcast is for artists, and I know lots of the listeners will be really fascinated to know how you support artists.
1: Great question. <laughs> um, it's a big question. Good okay. question. Listen, listen up. Uh, so we started. So I originally, yeah, as you mentioned, started at Christie's Auction House. Then I left to work for a charity for a couple of years with the idea to you know, eventually go back to Christie's. And I saw so many artists that were incredible, rising stars, but not getting the attention they deserve, not getting the auction model, the opportunities to take part in an auction. And I'm, I have to say this now take everything I say with a pinch of salt because I'm a huge auction nerd and I will (laughs) talk about auctions and the benefits of auctions to the cows come home Um, but there's so many advantages from auctions and there were there just wasn't an auction setup for these artists Mm. particularly this was in 2017 when you know we all used to hang out together it was pre any global lockdowns and I had a group of friends that wanted to buy artwork but couldn't afford the the huge uh, prices that you see in some of the galleries didn't like the gallery idea as well. They preferred, um, an event to come and hang out with, you know, it's a millennial group, everyone on Instagram recording the event just to say they were there. So he started doing these fun pop-up events mm-hmm. with artists and really got to know the emerging artists, the independent artists, because it's not just rising stars, it's established stars who are just going down the independent gallery route. Um, and realised that there was a, a huge opportunity to, to help these artists. There's so something that was missing from that auction side.
2: It's interesting you say that about emerging versus independent because from my experience of working at the fair, 10 years ago it was started up as a platform for emerging artists for them to help launch their careers, but now actually it's changed into a platform for independent artists and artists that have done very well and have worked even with galleries but are now coming back uh, to... Independently sell their work. Yes. It's really changed the whole contemporary art world for artists. Has yeah, really changed. It's,
1: it's so you're so yeah, it's, it's so right. And it's such a the the term emerging artist gets kind of thrown around a lot and can almost be a bit insulting mm-hmm. if you've been working for you know a decade or, or even five years. Um, and actually, I was, I was just at a lunch today uh, in a gallery for a for an exhibition. And the, somebody asked the artist, um, who's really well-established, and you know, they've got a gallery private show, and um, he'd flown in from L.A., said, are you, are, you, are you consider yourself an emerging artist? And he kind of sat and pondered, and he was like, I'm always emerging. <laughs> I was like, great answer. I think that should be on your business card. But back to the original question. Sorry, I get really distracted. I just, just yeah, lo- love talking. <laughs> the joy of being an auctioneer helping with artists, with those independent and emerging artists and rising stars. We originally, the auction collective, ran a bit like a gallery. We'd hire a venue, we'd curate a show, we'd invite artists to take part and we would run an event. There'd be beer, sponsorship, there'd be music. It was a fun take on the auction world. And we'd get a group of collectors together and it'd be a lot of fun. And then during the pandemic, we... Pushed a lot of our technology online there was a, I remember doing an interview with a newspaper and, and they were asking what our unique selling point was and I was like, oh we, we do in person auctions we're always you know a physical exhibition and an in person auction we will always do that you because know, I, I genuinely believe in the aura of an artwork and and you see it to to fall in love with it or not fall in love with it and there's something special about being in front of it and that 's why you know, so many people buy art and then get really excited when it arrives at home. But also the thrill of an auction, being there in person and the energy, the excitement. It's a, it's a talking point as well. That's why I remember seeing in the first auctions was so many buyers posting pictures of themselves bidding at the auctions. Yes, yeah, like, of course. Normally you'd say anonymous, <laughs> but this is, this is great. Um, so I, I was quoted in this newspaper saying, we'll always do in person, never just online. And then the pandemic happened and I looked like an absolute fool. So we pitched (laughs) everything online. And when we did that, we had a lot of people contacting us saying, can we use your website to run an auction? So it was in the pandemic years that we pivoted and became a platform. The slight nuance there is instead of us curating and inviting the artists to come involved and us building that and running it ourselves, we now help artists and galleries and charities run their own auctions so we've opened up our backend software. We help artists do studio sales where you sell artwork that you perhaps haven't been able to sell elsewhere or has had a, a, a long uh, life in different exhibitions. And now it's time to really let go and give it to a, a new buyer. And so with the studio sale, you, you set your estimates. It's, a, it's an online auction, which is a timed auction, which is the eBay style countdown clock. And you can set your starting price wherever you want.
2: Okay, um, yeah.
1: And we don't publish the results.
2: Yes, I saw that. I was going to ask you about that so that um, you choose not to publish your sales partly to protect the artist.
1: Yeah, there's two reasons. One is that, you know, a sale, whether it happens or doesn't happen or goes really well or doesn't, it's no reflection on the artist's talent or the incredible nature of that artwork. You could be doing an auction and there's a global pandemic declared on the same day (laughs) that's that's not the artist's fault and the second one was actually to stop any um, price fixing which uh, you how to put this to it could be tempting for an artist or a gallery when they see their work or one of their artists work up at auction to bid on it to inflate the price yes to get a higher result and then you can Turn to your future buyers and say, look what this sold for. I'll do you a deal and only sell it for 10% less than that. So we spoke to, like I said, the geeky side of me comes up. Uh, <laughs> I actually went to the Competitions Market Authority and asked, asked them what their advice would be. And they said one way to do it, amongst uh, several other things, is not to publish your results. So with a studio sale, you can, you know, your work might be worth two to three thousand pounds and you put that in the estimate. But you might be really happy just to let it go a hundred pounds, sells for a hundred pounds, and then the price that hundred pounds result is never shown. Mm-hmm. But the estimate is so the value of the work stays there even though the price sold might be nice.
2: And I suppose it then doesn't stop artists being adventurous with what works they put out there, rather than just putting the most potentially commercial pieces on
1: Exactly. We have done no reserve auctions as well where a reserve is a, is an interesting one because the reserve is the minimum price at which the artwork can be sold and if you're ever confused about any auction terms we've got a glossary on our website that goes into all those details and you might want with a really academic piece that might be quite challenging <laughs> but not the most commercial you might be happy to sell it far below its actual value because you want it to go into a new home. So the estimate stays there, but the selling price and reserve price can be lower. But we also have a a buy now section. Mm. So some people can do an exhibition of really academic pieces where they're at fixed prices. So you're you're guaranteeing a certain amount for that. And then you might do a, a, a side project of smaller pieces that are more commercial or a print sale that help you pay your rent in the studio (laughs) so we can have like a trio of auctions happening at the same time
2: okay so it's a really valuable way for artists and and it just depends on what they're looking for really i mean pricing is such a big consideration and challenge for lots of artists for your studio sales did you advise on the curation for each artist or the pricing of the works or did you just leave it completely up to those artists
1: well now that we're now that we're a platform makes it sound very grand like a big (laughs) unveiling now that we're a platform nothing's changed with our personalities or what we do (laughs) but it's very much the artists are running their auction and we're here to help with advice on lot order on curation on pricing on presentation as well um you know making sure there's multiple images of an artwork making sure that there's if you're working with other artists making sure each of those artists on each page have links to their website and their instagram account or whichever social media they want provided because our auctions once they've finished they still get thousands of views after the auctions happened and actually that was another reason why we became a platform is that we found a lot of people were using our website to go direct to an artist which is brilliant because artists are making sales Mm. but it made us question our value what's our point in (laughs) it? are we just a listing site yeah and by artists running their own sales we previously if something had sold really well we would have contacted the underbidders and said great sorry you missed out can we sell you other things and done some art advisory around that Mm. but now when the artist runs their auction they get access to all the underbidders they're their underbidders
0: so the artist
1: makes one sale and then they can contact, so they might do a studio sale that has 10 works. Mm-hmm. They might have 20 bidders. Um, so there's 10 bidders if each bidder bought one thing. There's 10 people who are still hungry for more art, artwork. And the artist then can contact them to say, Would you like to join my mailing list? Find out about more works, come to the studio. You know, we're not just providing the auction engine and the expertise, but we're sending people their way.
2: Yes. Since you moved more online, thanks to the pandemic, have you found that buyers are happy to buy? Not seeing the work in person?
1: Yeah. Back in twenty seventeen, I was really aware that the you know, from my days working at Christie's, you know, the, the audience of buyers is not just in the room. There's a huge world of buyers out there. So we were doing the VR tours of the galleries in twenty seventeen. Just saying. (laughs) And we'd get lots of interest from people who do a tour of the gallery and then buy artwork based on that. And now we've got buyers from, I think it's 27 different countries. 70% of our mailing list is in America. We make lots of sales to America. We've got a lovely dashboard on on our back-end software, the auction management system that artists upload to that shows the number of page views of your auction page, the number of bids, the number of registrations. So you can see when you've done some promotion, or we've done some promotion, you can see how that's impacted date by date. And then at the end, oh, and there's a lovely thermometer that shows what's selling and not selling. So as the auction counts down, the the fear kicks in. (laughs) And we've got a lovely map of all the bidders, where your bids are coming from, from across the world. And it's amazing to see truly global
0: Mm. buying.
1: And I think that, well, all your listeners will know um, that the power of of social media is such a wonderful phrase to band around. But you get such a great insight into the artist's technique, the work, the feel, the texture, that even if the work that you're looking at hasn't been shown through there, kind of studio or work-in-progress shots, you've got a really great idea of what it's like. And that gives buyers the confidence to, to make those sales online. There have been times when we've worked with an artist that looks amazing on Instagram, <laughs> and then we got the canvas in person, and we're like, oh, this is a surprise. <laughs> um, so I think there's one bit of advice is, as painful as it can be sometimes, is to make sure whether that's on your Instagram account, on your website or on your auction page, put as many details and views of the artwork as possible.
2: Mm. And artists are so good at doing that now. Mm. I think they're so savvy and they know what they need to do to present themselves professionally. And it's not just about creating the work, it's all the marketing around it. But do you...
1: Artists are small businesses.
2: Yes. Do you look for artists that are good at that to to then we want to work with those particular artists? Or is it more that artists can approach you?
1: It's, it's a bit of both. We only do one auction in house now a year, which is sad, but a lot of fun. It's called 50 by 50. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we work with the incredible artist surfaces company, we make the canvases and we send 50 canvases that are about A4 size to 50 artists, uh, and ask them to create something on it. And then let us start the bidding at 50 pounds, which is to, the idea is to open it up to either well, open up to the to the wider art market of people that can't afford the higher price things, but also the artist's original fan base and followers who might be outpriced now because the artist growth. And even if you don't buy the work, it's that fun of taking part in an auction. It's not just opening up the art owning experience, but the auction experience, because it's so much fun bidding in an auction. And so we start the bidding at 50 pounds and everyone puts their hands <laughs> up or everyone starts clicking online and you think, cool, you're. You're never going to buy it, but let's have fun and you'll play around. And everyone gets to experience that. Although we do, (laughs) often when we do the 50 by 50, the artists are always super keen. They're like, yeah, great. I'll start it at 50 pounds. Cool. And then the day before the auction or two days before you start getting phone calls, you're like, it's not actually going to sell for 50 pounds. (laughs) I have no idea. And normally they sell, well, I think go up to 2000 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, So So. things do fly through the roof. So we do look for artists proactively for that for the 50 by 50 one. that's really tightly curated but a lot of the work that we do is from artists contacting us wanting to run studio sales wanting to run group auctions fundraising auctions we help a lot of artists with fundraising auctions and yeah we, we're keen to meet as many people as possible so if anyone is interested in running an auction or whether it's commercial or charity then do let us know they i i Will sing the praises of an auction to you no end um, <laughs> from raising funds for a good cause, raising funds for you, building your network of buyers. Some galleries have been using the auction model to kickstart their business, I suppose, because they'll do an auction and then from that they've got this raised profile and a new audience of. Of collectors, and they can then build those relationships and go forward.
2: Yeah, so I think it's fantastic that you give the artists the underbidders as well, because as you say, it's a whole audience that they're getting—everyone that's been interested in the work, and not that, just the final, but the buyer.
1: And that's well, it's—it just makes sense. Everyone says they want artists to grow, and they're they're here to support artists and. And then you think, okay, cool. How, how are you supporting artists? Oh, then they're, they're not allowed to meet their collectors. They're not allowed <laughs> to meet the buyers. I, I will sell their work, but they can't. So we we have a rather um, rather boring catchphrase in the office that uh, they certainly won't be making it onto the front cover of any tech uh, magazines. <laughs> but it's just be normal. <laughs> and looking at the auction model and the art world model and the way how artists practice is evolving but also their business is evolving so much the rise of independence artists that sounds like a hollywood film but there is a, a growing number of artists that want to work independently and create their shopify accounts you've got your newsletters your marketing and so when we were thinking about becoming a platform because people were going direct to artists we thought well we could put in contracts to say there's an exclusivity deal here or um you have to list the works for x number of months but that felt like we were fighting the the natural flow of things Mm -hmm. and it just made more sense it's a better experience for the artist to meet the buyer and build that relationship it's a better experience for the buyer to meet the artist and build that relationship and so why not encourage that and so that's That's why we pivoted and changed to what we do. So it's very much... And that's why with all our... Every time a a, a curator or person organising an auction, be that a brand or a charity who's working with artists, we always say, make sure you tag the artist and their website in the auction lot page, especially if they've donated the artwork, because that's very generous for an artist to donate an artwork. And they're always getting asked to donate things. So give them something good out of it as well. Send them some buyers.
2: <laughs> well, it all sounds very noble, but from the point of view of the platform, if you have worked with an artist, they've, you've had a good relationship, it's gone well, what's sort of the long-term plan for you and that artists and the relationship there? Do you want them to come back and sell their work with you again? Is, is, what are you hoping to achieve?
1: <laughs> Help them keep selling stuff at auction for as long as they want. Um with the studio sales recently, a lot of the artists have, have loved it so much they said they're going to be doing it as an annual event, so an annual studio sale to help move on works that haven't sold that year. And, yeah, that's the aim, is just to keep being of value and being of use to the artist community. And when we were doing the original curating and, and running it in-house, we then perhaps weren't being as much value as we are now by being the platform. And hopefully we're going to be even more uh, value in the future because we've just finished an investment round to build some new auction software that means artists can run the auctions from their own websites.
2: Okay, wow, sounds really exciting.
1: Mm. So what that means is that instead of running your studio sale on our platform, you would create your auction page. It'd be, you know, it's, it's like the The auction version of Shopify, Mm -hmm. but don't worry. It's completely no code. So you don't have to be a developer, but you customize your auction page. It's customized to match the rest of your website, headers and footers, text, color. So it's your branding. It's your gig. And again, all the data is yours. You can run the auction from there. If you want, if you'd like our help. We can list the works on our platform now. So you also get that marketing from our side of it. So we send people your way, but instead of them bidding on our platform, they bid on your website. So whilst they're on your website, there might be a pop-up that says, join the newsletter. Or whilst they're on the website and they get outbid, they might see a print edition or something else you're selling on the website. So we are sending people and buyers your way. But it's more, again, looking to the... To the future and how much more autonomy people want and including artists it's providing that so it's your it's your gig
2: Mm. and has this come out of feedback from artists you've heard they want to do this
1: yeah it started with feedback from charities and different brands that we work with who've said we'd really love this customized and on our own website and so having worked (laughs) Quite hard, I'd say, (laughs) for the Auction Collective since it was created. It's been a lot of work to get where we are now. And so this this new opportunity came up that seemed much bigger than what we're doing now. To make sure I knew it was the right way to go and the right route to go down and plug even more energy and excitement into and investment, I uh, picked up the phone to lots of artists and said, we're about to do this. What do you think? Or uh, how would you do this? Or what would you do? And we've been doing lots of workshops with artists. And all types of future users to find out what functionality people would want whether there's like a click to export your shipping labels or there's you'd want a different type of registration we've been speaking with one sneaker artist who said that he wants really low friction of people registering so he only wants people to register using their email address whereas a gallery that we were talking to wants people to register with their credit card or debit card plus photo id plus this plus that because they don't want any time wasters so we're even going to have that as a customizable function so you can decide you design how you want the auction to go as well
2: wow it sounds fascinating i mean it's quite a, for you personally it's your journey from working at Christie's so they're moving into this world of developing this platform for artists and Creative, so it's
1: quite it's quite different space <laughs> that so you're moving it's into very different and I, i've suddenly become a running a tech platform which <laughs> is just a bit bizarre especially as i still have echoes in my head of asking one of my friends what a hashtag was on twitter what's the difference between a hashtag and a tweet which uh, is quite embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's really exciting because it feels like there's so much more added value but that's from the conversations we've had so if if there is anyone listening that's got any thoughts or wants to get involved in a workshop or just have a chat about what they'd want and what they think they would need we're all ears because Mm -hmm. we want to build something that people love
2: I think the nice thing about this is it does come from a genuine place that you know what it's like to be in the room and you know as you just mentioned the excitement of people actually bidding in an auction and how that's all part of it not just the buying of the artwork, um, which I think is an important thing to hold on to.
1: It's been so fun reinventing the auction model, or the way you run auctions. When when the big auction houses first put auctions online, and they still do it today, is there's a sequential closing of auction lots. So lot one closes, lot two then closes, lot three, or lot one closes at seven o'clock, lot two at two minutes past, lot three at four minutes And it's a a cascade of auction lots closing. And if somebody bids in the last minute, that one auction lot gets extended. So you could have lot four is extending whilst lot five, six, and seven are already closed. But that seems silly because you're replicating what's happening in the physical auction room. But one of the advantages of online is you can do whatever you want. And there is no room. There is no, you don't need to have an order. So when we created our timed auctions, if somebody bids in the last minute, the entire auction extends for two minutes, which means if you're winning the bid on lot three, but somebody outbids you, you can then go back to lot two or lot one to bid on that because they haven't closed. Mm -hmm. Or you could choose any other lot in the auction. You're not limited just those that are going to close after you, which makes Mm -hmm. it really exciting. And you see this, we've got lots of studies that see the different people moving around different bids during the close of an auction. Um, and another really fun thing that comes from having you know being an auctioneer um, is the psychology of an, au- psychology of an auction um, that people will bid. Stanford did a, a study on this that shows that people bid more. And I'm saying they bid more because I'm really excited about connecting them with their auction lot there's no trickery involved (laughs) because there's no point in that because people will default on payments but people will be more enthusiastic about bidding if they know they're bidding against another human rather than a computer and there's this this study that was done for that and so a lot of in fact all i've not come across another auction platform that that does this everyone has the number of bids that have taken place so you'll go onto the lot and it says two to three thousand pounds and it'll say Five bids have happened. What we've done, instead of showing the number of bids, because you can see that because of the, the price, we say the number of bidders. So when you go on to bid on it, you go, oh, there's two other people bidding. Or there's one <laughs> other. There's this sense of, there's my doppelganger in New York bidding yeah. against this, and I've got to win this. And it, and it makes it more human, and it makes it more, more like you're in the room. Mm-hmm. And so having, I've done hundreds of auctions now, and I think I've learned a bit along the way, but having that insider info is, is super exciting.
2: Yes, it must be really exciting for you watching all the bits coming through when
1: you've launched so it. So exciting. and Totally <laughs> nerve-wracking at the same time.
2: <laughs> do you have a good sense of, to go back to the artists and the studio sales, I think those are particularly interesting for this audience. Um, do you have a good sense of what might sell or is it often quite surprising?
1: Genu- generally... The things that I absolutely love and are the best never sell. I don't know why. (laughs) There's some curse. So now I I keep my lips firmly sealed when we're talking about the auctions in advance. Um, No, it it used to be, I had what I call the fight club moment, (laughs) bear with me, (laughs) where in the early days, there was one auction where I was taking the auction. It was one of the pop-up ones in person. And I looked around the room and, there were a lot of people I didn't know. <laughs> and it moved, which is the Fight Club reference. You know, there's a lot of people <laughs> been talking about Fight Club. So. And that was really humbling because it moved from this really close network of friends and family and suddenly grown to these people I had no idea who they were who were bidding and buying, which was really exciting. And now it's so big, we've got just over 9,000 registered users bidding and buying across the website. Mm-hmm. And so with 9,000 people... I think I've only got about six friends in my life, and then, <laughs> so I can predict what they're going to buy. But there's another 8,994 people that I don't, and so often we'll see lots of surprises.
2: And it's amazing that you say that there's 70% of your audience is in America. And how many countries have, do you think you've hit overall?
1: So our website's been visited by every country in the world by about, apart from six, oh, I think. Wow. yes. But there's a caveat there. A lot of those are just one... It must be an accidental one view. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, one but Greenland, we've not had anyone from Greenland. That's one that, that stands mm-hmm. out. Um, I
2: don't. I, if there's any listeners from Greenland, please click on click. the link.
1: <laughs> we did think about like, spamming people. Just be like, just click on this link. <laughs> yeah, we've got a, a huge, huge reach. But the actual active buyers are probably from... I think it's around 27 different countries. Wow.
2: So where do you think they've come from? Have they come... Through the artists, through the partners,
1: a bit of everything. Our social media following kind of snowballed along with each auction we take, and that's the wonderful thing about the auctions. Is they're really collaborative, and we we group auctions together so that they benefit from each other's audience. There's a bit of a cross pollination of of buyers, and that's why we have when we do our studio sales, we put them together into a a two one or two week run of auctions so we can focus all our marketing on that and there's this moving between all the collectors but every time we do an auction you know that that grows our network as well so it's been a kind of natural organic growth
2: that's interesting what you say about the grouping because that ties into you mentioned earlier about it being a curated site, and it definitely has that feel. And now you say that about the studio sales, that makes sense. I remember seeing one artist posting about it and going on and seeing all these other studio sales. And it was exciting to see what was coming up next.
1: Yeah, and we're planning to do a lot more with that. We've got online viewing rooms that we haven't been using as much as we should, which can really tell the story, the the editorial approach to an auction. And that's what we want to do with the studio sales, is really have that as an editorial storytelling of all the artists coming together their studios what's happening who they are and then links to their auctions throughout that and we've just hired a digital marketer Maz who is absolutely brilliant and is is super excited to get going with all that so watch this space for a a new dedicated focus of digital marketing and storytelling.
2: Great well that's almost all we've got time for today Tom but lastly if an artist does want to get involved with the auction collective what do they need to do just get in touch
1: (laughs) all our contact details are on the website phone number email turn up come to the office we're in Marlborough. come have some coffee beer pool table just just come hang out invite us to your to your shows to your studios it'd be lovely to meet you all as mentioned about the, the american audience we do have this really big following there but we've only Done a couple of auctions in America, so if there's anyone in America that wants to do auctions, or anyone knows anyone in America, then please do send them our way. We are so keen to um, help our collectors over there who are at the moment buying everything from the UK and uh, spending vast amounts of money and horrible air miles to get the, the artwork there.
2: And when you say anyone, you mean artists in America, or partners, or charities? At the moment, anyone
1: that's looking to do a contemporary art auction, okay. so artists, art groups. Art studios. If there's a studio group who wants to get together to a, an auction, charities, galleries, brands. Great. Well, I. But we are very, be, yeah. very, very fussy, of course. But anyone <laughs> who wants to do a contemporary art auction, and if you just want to talk through the uh, fun advantages of it all, then it's be more than happy to.
2: Great. Well, there's some fantastic examples on your website of the artist studio sales. Some really strong artists. Um, so. Everyone listening, definitely check that out. We do have quite a lot of American listeners, so I'm sure they'll be really interested to hear this conversation. Thank you so much.
1: No, thank you. I've I've absolutely loved it, but I feel like... All I've done is talk at you, so I'm really sorry. At least I didn't start shouting out numbers and, <laughs> no. and I'm sold in. I have
2: to admit, I was um, I watched one of your videos on YouTube and I think you spoke into a, you got the helium from the <laughs> balloon and I suddenly thought, hang on, is it is this his voice? Which is obviously fine but I just had not been what I imagined. That was
1: hilarious. That was um, with uh all mouth gallery, an artist led gallery. Uh, go online to have a look that was a live stream one that was of of tiny artwork and so I um, I took a massive massive hit of helium that's probably not the right way to say that Uh, before we started doing the live stream and um, if anyone is thinking about doing public speaking or auctioning Never do a really big hit of helium before because my voice was absolutely destroyed after that. But <laughs> that was a hilarious auction; it's well worth having a look at. Go onto our YouTube channel and find that.
2: Well, I thought I might have to be adjusting all my audio levels for a really squeaky voice, but no, it's fine. Um, thank you so much, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please follow the Auction Collective at the Auction Collective and the podcast at the Visible Artist Podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with the team, I've linked the contact details in the show notes. Next week's episode is another Art World special. So don't forget to tune in next Friday. And I hope you have a great
0: week in the studio. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.